Notice anything different? That's right. No ad. Which means this space is available. So if you have a company or brand or product or anything really that you'd love to promote on 30 Pop, this is your chance. Just shoot me an email at the link in the show notes and I'll give you all the relevant details. Now, on to 30 Pop. You have one message. First message. Hey, Luke, it's Aaron, uh, the new Aaron, maybe. <laughs> and recently you were talking about the show Dinosaurs, a, a little dismissively, I might add. And you talked about the show being groundbreaking and some of the great cast that was a part of it. The technology made it very expensive, but was really impressive. But another thing that was really groundbreaking about the show was that they were constantly pretty edgy when it came to social topics and things like that. Women's rights, uh, sexual harassment, there was a very famous episode about that, and it was a very cynical episode. There was LGBT rights, censorship, civil rights, racism, the rights of indigenous people, corporate crime, uh, steroid use, body image issues, government interference and parenting, all sorts of stuff. And ageism, even. There was an episode about changing the belief that you should throw people into a volcano after they reached a certain age because there was no use to society anymore. Michael Jacobs created the show with some other folks and with the Henson Company, and he created like Boy Meets World, famous for that. And he said he didn't think the network knew what they were uh, working on because they didn't really pay attention and they didn't understand it. And he said, um, I think you're allowed to do anything on television as long as the network doesn't understand what you're doing until it airs. And so there was a lot going on with that show. And uh, it's worth a look. It's on Disney Plus now. <laughs> and the final of the show is uber depressing since the show is about or they talk about how at the very beginning how they're counting their years down. And they're trying to figure out why do we count down? What are we counting down to? And basically at the end, corporations have caused what would become the ice age. <laughs> the show ends with the realization <laughs> Of what's coming for them. So <laughs> that's funny with the talking baby and mass extinction. The end. Bye. So hopefully somebody out there might give it a second look. It's worth their time. I thought it was good. It was good. It was fun. Pretty smart. All right. See ya. Message erased. No remaining messages. From Milieu Media Group, this is 35. A weekly peek back at the music, movies, sports, fashion, politics and news from 30 years ago. I'm your host, Luke Braun. This is Season 3, Episode 17, Chart Changes and Blockbuster Begins. Today we're looking back at the week that ended Saturday, May 11, 1991. Here we go, friends. Another week of throwback pop culture greatness. Welcome, as always, to 30 Pop. Hopefully you're just as excited as I am to spend the next few minutes together learning random little bits of trivia about random little bits of our collective past that probably actually don't really matter. But that's the idea, right? What good is trivia that's not at least mostly trivial? For example, 
This week marks the 30th anniversary of the final week of Mariah Carey's most impressive 11-week reign at the top of the Billboard 200 chart with her self-titled debut album, which, as I've mentioned, has to date sold over 15 million copies worldwide. For context, that's the equivalent of releasing a new, certified gold-selling album every year for the past 30 years. 500,000 copies every year. And that's just her debut. It's no wonder she boasts a net worth today of somewhere between $320 and $550 million. I mean, granted, she's nine years older than me, so I guess she's had a little more time to get there, but I'm not positive I'll be able to catch up by the time I'm her age. And who knows if she'll catch up to Madonna, who is 12 years Mariah's elder and today worth close to a billion dollars. 30 years ago this week, her film, Truth or Dare, documenting her life and specifically her blonde ambition tour, saw a limited release in 51 theaters across the U.S. It would be released more widely a couple weeks later and proved to be very successful commercially, despite, or perhaps because, of the controversy surrounding it and virtually everything Madonna did at the time. People think that being a star is about being fabulous, being in the spotlight having your picture taken all the time and having everyone worship and adore you, being rich, 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 having it all. And you know what? They're absolutely right. I'm so desperate. For what, honey? For some fun. Loves me. He loves me not. Were there any messages? He really cares about me. Hi, it's me. Well, hi, how are you? I realize I haven't talked to you in a while, and I, I have no idea if you guys are coming to the show, what night, blah, blah, blah. Well, whatever you guys can get us tickets for. Dad, I can get you tickets any night you want to come. Nobody talks about this on film? The insanity of doing this all on a documentary? Why should I stop here? But does anyone say it? Who's anyone? That's Al Pacino. Hello, hi. That's Manny Well, Anyone that comes into this insane atmosphere, when they come into your dressing room, when they come wherever you are, they feel crazy. I'm making this movie because I'm not afraid of the truth. Truth or dare, Madonna? Dare. I'll get back to other theatrical premieres, but first to finish up with music news from this week in 1991. We saw new singles at the top of each of our other Billboard charts 30 years ago this week. The new number one song on the Hot Country chart was the George Strait classic, If I Know Me. But if I know me, I'll turn this car around. I won't get halfway through town, and I'll be sorry. Back to you if I know me. 
This was the lead single off Strait's 11th studio album, released in March of 91, Chill of an Early Fall, an album that, by almost any standard, was a huge commercial success. It went platinum, meaning it sold over a million copies in the U.S. alone. It produced two number one singles and three top three singles. It broke the top 50 on the Billboard 200 chart and spent 58 weeks on the country countdown. Most artists would be thrilled with that sort of critical reception and commercial success. But for Strait, these were not remotely close to the sort of numbers he was accustomed to seeing. This was one of his lowest-selling albums in the 80s and 90s. Nothing to worry about, though. He would record and release the highest-selling album of his career just about a year later. A spectacular soundtrack for his cringeworthy film debut, Pure Country. We'll get into that next year, though. New to the top of the hot rap chart this week was Ed O.G. and the Bulldogs with their song, I Gotta Have It. No need for me to run away, brother put the gun away You wanna take my life away as if we were in combat You can buy some new Adidas, but you can't buy my life back Hey yo, what's up with that? Why is it like that? Let's stand together, y'all And fight that in a race To replace waste with a taste just in case You can't face the place that you've been put in If you was my kid for what you did, you have a foot in Right in your ass, another term's rectum Kids are having kids, they're not parents, so they let them Do things that shouldn't be done You're not a father cause you got a son and you're taking care of them Crap There's more contagious to raise Basic broads are having basic babies Now how that sound Not profound Black people unite And let's all get down I got to have Although this was the only number one song of Ed OG's career, he's a longtime staple in the Boston rap scene, and he has strong ties to some of rap's most respected and likely still underappreciated acts. Folks like Pete Rock, Master Ace, and legendary producer and Houston native, DJ Premier. The number one song on the hot R&B and hip-hop chart this week in 1991 was Phil Perry's Call Me. I love Now, if this song sounds familiar, it's probably because the original, far superior version of it was famously recorded and released by the great Aretha Franklin back in 1970. If, on the other hand, it's Phil Perry's voice that sounds oddly familiar, you might know him for another song which would come into our lives in 1992. The opening theme to the Disney cartoon, Goof Troop. Another interesting fact about Phil Perry, at 11 a.m. on September 11, 2001, he was scheduled to perform at the World Trade Center's Lunch Hour Jazz Concert Series. Although, thankfully, he didn't lose his life on that tragic day, it did have a huge effect on his career. He sunk into a deep artistic depression that would take years to overcome. 
With the help of a number of artists and producer friends, Perry did eventually begin recording new music a few years later, though, and remains active today. In 2019, he was even inducted into the R&B Hall of Fame. The new number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 chart 30 years ago this week was the title track from Swedish pop duo Roxette's third studio album, Joyride. Hello, you fool, I love you. This song was huge, and understandably so. This album had already gone double platinum by the time this single reached the top of the charts. It sold over 2.2 million copies worldwide in the first month of its release, and has to date sold over 11 million copies. As legend has it, or at least as Wikipedia has it, the inspiration for the song came in part from the lead singer's girlfriend at the time, now wife, who left a note on his piano which read in Swedish... Hello, you fool, I love you. Inspiration also came from an interview Paul McCartney gave in which he described the songwriting process with his fellow former Beatle, John Lennon, as a long joyride. Each of those little bits of trivia make the song, which I already love, just that much more enjoyable for me. So good. In sports news, or rather sports gossip this week in 1991, the media had a field day when superstar Oakland A's outfielder Jose Canseco was seen leaving the home of pop star Madonna. Canseco was separated from his wife at the time, but claims he and Madonna were just friends. Although he also says that part of that visit involved her sitting him on her bed, blacking out the windows, and playing a particularly sensual scene from her just-released documentary, Truth or Dare, which I mentioned at the start of this episode. But I suppose friendship means different things to different people. I wouldn't actually bother mentioning it, except that it makes for a convenient segue back into movie releases from this week in 1991. That encounter apparently happened the same day her film saw its limited theatrical release. And as a side note, supposedly Canseco left Madonna's place just in time for the A's evening game. A game which he won with a home run. The only other movie release worth noting 30 years ago this week was the Brian Brown and Brian Dennehy action thriller FX2. He was the movie's number one special effects man. Now he's retired. My kid says you can create any illusion you want to. But a special request. You want to bait a trap and make him think that the girl is alone, except it won't be the girl, it'll be me. Has got him rocking with the punches. Rolling into danger. He'll be in and out of the place before you even break a sweat. I need a miracle working on the fix, man. With guys... There's someone else in the room. ...who don't like him... <laughs> ...hanging around. Hey, Rally. Are you going to hang around here all night? Great bloody timing, Leo. Raleigh and Leo, together again. Let's get one thing straight. McCarthy and I were never pals. For what could be the last time. Why don't you just leave this to NYPD? Because somebody else in the department could be involved in this thing. So what do we do now? First, we have another drink. They have a very strange effect on each other. Five years I waited 
it. I finally got you. And a very special effect. Shouldn't believe everything you want to see. On everyone else. Gotcha. You're going the wrong way. Brian Brown, Brian Dennehy, nobody does them better. FX2, The Deadly Art of Illusion. He's messy, but he's fun at parties. I believe this is one of the most underrated movies of the 90s. It's just such a fun concept. And I don't know how this is possible, but I'd been a fan of this film for years before it dawned on me that it was called FX2 because it was a sequel. I just never noticed or thought about there being an FX1, or, you know, just plain FX. The movie was, in my mind, simply called FX2. Anyway, while this was the top film at the box office its opening weekend, and while it was ultimately a commercial success, it wasn't a huge success. It had an estimated budget of $16.4 million, and it wound up returning just over $21 million. Just slightly more than the first film made, but on a $10 million budget. I didn't know until researching for this episode that it actually spawned a TV series in the late 90s, which, for one season, featured Carrie Ann Moss just before she took on the role of Trinity in the Matrix trilogy. I'm sure it looks very much like a mid-to-late 90s TV show today, but I'd still probably enjoy it. I'd love to see what an FX3 set in 2021 would be like. But, alas, much to my dismay, I don't think that's on the cinematic horizon. I suppose I'll just have to continue enjoying the first two films. Friends, I hope you're ready for the next few months. As great as FX2 was, it couldn't even hold a candle to the literal masterpieces that will turn 30 over the next 12-ish weeks. This will be the most nostalgia-packed summer of my entire adult life so far. I promise you, you're going to love it. Do not miss next week. Seriously, friends, come and join the joyride. 30 Pop is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Braun. Our artwork is by the amazing Heather Hale. To check out more shows from Mill U Media Group, visit millumedia.com, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. And if you have a story from 30 years ago that you want to share, leave a message on the answering machine at 30pop.com. <laughs>